Hello out there, Foxes fans, and welcome back to another edition of the U.S. Foxes Podcast. Coming to you live, as always, from various parts of the United States. Today, the West Coast, represented by myself and Mr. Chris Warner up in Del Mar. Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing all right, mate. I'm doing all right. Getting slugging through this. Uh, how are you doing, your man? Better that the weather is at least nice now and it's not 97 degrees of sadness and it's instead of 78 degrees of sadness, which is much, much uh, more amicable to me. Uh, We are joined down south by the Texas Foxes, Mr. Jim Harris. What's up, dude? How are you down there? I am doing okay, thank you. Yeah, I'm enjoying a bit cooler weather, 88 so <laughs> all right well yeah and uh, representing the west coast with my west coast ipa today cheers cheers to that i'm i am uh h2o because yesterday was uh handled pretty much entirely by alcohol as far as getting through that match um hoy boy we uh had obviously a break there due to the passing um of the queen and you know, you might have thought that maybe the boys would take that week to maybe get their heads right and maybe come back and use it as as some semblance of find some semblance of positivity from the situation as well as, you know, just trying to get things back on track, maybe. And instead, it was uh, almost the exact opposite. Um, it's a weird one for me. Um, diving straight into it here, boys. It, it's a weird one for me because the guys were competing like there was definitely a a sense of giving a fuck uh which has been missing uh at a lot of times this year so we had a team that was trying that was pressing at times um but we were just overwhelmed and um yikes after a masterclass performance by uh Ming song like what i don't know chris it it it, uh just seemed like it was in the in the cards that day it had all of the classic greatest hits of rogers and leicester city you had moments of magic the madison goal for example but then you had 95 percent of just mediocrity you defend defending from corners losing men at the back post losing individual mistakes being passing it sideways and backwards and not necessarily breaking the lines it had everything it had all it ticked every single box of what we've what we've recently come to expect in these games and frustrating i think is the biggest thing out of it i i missed the second watching i watched the second half on uh repeat but i saw the first half live and i i came out at half time thinking yes spurs hadn't got out of second gear but i thought we were doing all right we had that chance right at the end of the first half where matters to be honest i think he should have scored i think he'll look at that and think he should have scored and going in at half time i was like yeah okay we still might be in this but that second half and watching it on uh, repeat, just the individual mistakes are just so glaringly obvious now. And when you're down there at the bottom, you, the rubber, the green, the look of the draw, whatever you want to call it, just doesn't go your way. It's just one of those kind of laws of football. And and Didi, JJ, like they lose the ball in those areas and straight away we're punished by a goal. So just all of the, like I say, Matt, all of the greatest hits of, uh, of Leicester City under Rogers were on display yesterday. Well, I like to sometimes call ourselves the ever obliging Leicester City because if you have a player that is struggling, uh, if you have a player that needs to get off uh, of, of a bad run of form, we are the ever obliging Leicester City and we proved that, didn't we, Jim, with uh, Mr. Sohn? 
Yeah. Um, boy, does he love playing against us. And so does his um, teammate, Harry Kane. Harry Kane continuing his run of goals against us. And um, yeah, I don't know what to to say. I think maybe the maybe it was written in the in the stars with our new signing about uh, fast trying to kill matters in the warm up. Um, maybe trying to take out our best player. Maybe that was some sort of tactic that we didn't know about, but didn't quite work. Actually, you know, joking aside, I think we, you know, we played okay in patches, which was. As you said, Matt, the players looked like they were trying until they just kind of got pummeled to submission and and gave up. But there were some glimpses. I think defensive frailties, individual mistakes cost us. And then once we were behind, that was it. I think, you know, once we went three, two down, certainly, you know, you could see the heads had gone. And um yeah, another week, another loss, another week at the bottom of the table. Yeah, and uh, you you made the point. Uh, while Faf starts for us alongside Johnny Evans and Timmy and Justin make up the rest of the back four, and Didi and Yuri, matters KDH Barnes, and then Daka starts up top. Vards uh, sits on the bench, um, so right away we can see that Brendan's at least plugging different things in, trying different things. He's not just throwing the same thing at the wall, at least. Um, but yeah, I don't know. We 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 start off early there, very very promising. I mean, Justin gets a great penalty. Uh, that was a clear penalty too, because as we all know, the line is in. So that was dead on the line. He gets he, to to uh, to to get that call was was very well done by him. Yuri steps up because at first I was like, who the hell's going to take this thing? I kind of wondered if it was going to be Matters. I didn't know the, literally it was going to be Doc. I had no clue. And uh, then Yuri steps up and immediately pops that thing down there, and it was so strange to me because i felt like i saw i saw larice moving ahead of time but i was just so resigned to the fact that we were going to lose anyway that i was just like of course you know here we go uh but no we get a second chance at it and uh yuri goes to the same side and and does the exact same thing and lord luckily this one goes in um so getting that score was great but as we've seen so many times this season as soon as something goes right for us two minutes later um, we cannot keep our, our, can't keep the engine running, can't stay on it. We, we fall back and we let them score immediately sucking any semblance of positivity, any semblance of, you know, momentum from the moment. And uh, we're right back <laughs> on, uh, on two feet again, uh, Chris. That, that first goal, where'd you begin? I mean, so they, I think they, they broke it down on match of the day in the UK quite nicely talking a little bit about how our two centre-halves broke out and everybody else just stood there in a line. And when you've got two of your biggest lads moving towards the edge of the area, you're in trouble. But I just want to highlight Castagne in that moment. And I think I want to highlight Castagne for the whole game in general. I've been really disappointed with him this season. And in that game, and the first goal especially, it was almost like a repeat of the Chelsea game where he got caught again with... Uh, this time it was Kane in, in the Chelsea game. What was it? Sterling, whoever it was behind him. And it didn't even look like he knew he was there. It's like the lack of whether it's his positional awareness or the expectation from a communication standpoint that, hey, you've got a guy behind you. Be aware of it. It just wasn't there. And it's I mean, Harry Kane, like Jim said, over 20 goals since we've come back in the 
Premier League since 2014. Like the guy just scores for fun against us. You would thought of that Brendan in the in the warm up would have been like, "Hey guys, let's just remember where Kane is at all given moments on the pitch." But it was just that it was just that mental side of it, and I think that just kind of continued to manifest itself through the game. But you're right, Matt. I mean, it sums us up as a at the moment. Like we go one up, and then all of a sudden. We hit the panic button and within a blink of an eye, just like the Brighton game, we just it's already well tied up. Yeah, so we we obviously give that one up because ties shoulder slump. Um, but we're still competing, still competing, then they come down, set piece shit again. Boom. We're down two to one. So at this point, it's like, oh God, this is of course, here we go. You know, this is this is where the floodgates are gonna start, but it doesn't. Uh, Matters comes through with just an absolutely insanely beautiful goal in the 40th. Um, one of those where it's like, did he mean to do that? Obviously, he meant to do it on target. I don't know if uh, he quite meant to get it up that high on the shin and get it to do that, but that doesn't count or matter. Fact is, it goes in. It's a beautiful goal, and he continues his form combined with um, some of the passes he put on and it, the the creativity that he's showing is just it's. It, I don't know what Southgate's missing, but. He uh, he at least kept us competitive there, Jim. After that goal, it was, it was good to see, right? He didn't. He was he was in the heart of a lot of nice stuff with, that we actually did play. Um, I think Chris, as you said, Castagna made the goal going forward. He was actually helping out a lot, and you know, going in at halftime, you know, we felt like probably maybe we can get something out of this game. I think I remember, you know chatting to people saying, hey, I think we can get something out now. We're back. And, you know, what do we go? Two minutes into the <laughs> into the second half. And, um, you know, and we go down again with, like, what is just, like, school-level defending, I think. Um, it, you know, Wilt's not looked at the races this season, I don't think, and probably doesn't help he's... I don't think he was 100% fit at the start of the season, you know, playing centre-back, playing back in the team. He's not looking as comfortable on the ball as he did last season when we were playing well. And I think, you know, he he looks like his confidence is going. You can tell that with the argument he had in the last match with Ward as well, when it's just like, you know, what's happening? And, you know, did he get a shout? But whether he needed it, he should have been able to just go straight back to the center backs but then what happened like two minutes later or what was it he, you know evans gave him the ball again and you know we got away with it that time but apart from well we've got a yellow card from it so um right. i think just individual mistakes sloppy football all around i think cost us goals as you as you said chris first goal i i blame i think ward could have done better actually i think he could have at least tried to get the ball, you know, it was very close to his six yard box, um, came in with pace, but, you know, again, we're like, are we picking up men? Are we zone marking? Are there people? On? Like, I feel like maybe both the goals from set pieces, if not what the first one, if we'd have someone on the post. We might have, we might have done better, but I don't think Ward's talking to his defenders. They don't seem to know that like someone's behind you. Castagna's not getting a shout. Look out behind you. You know, Harry Kane ten, you know, the free kick they had probably like five minutes after that, their equalizer, he was just standing at the far post, just on his own. He had like 10 yards and then he decided to run in. And I was just, I was watching him after the first goal. And I thought no one is picking him up. Like, as you said, feasts on us. 
go man to man with that guy. Stop him getting a goal. But like, nope, let's just give him the freedom of whatever the name of their stadium is nowadays. <laughs> I think it changes. I don't care anymore. Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> I'm not a Tottenham fan. <laughs> um, man, Danny Ward is a great. I guess let's hit on him real quick, guys. While we're, while we're on the subject, he just looks lost. Um, you know, we spoke about confidence for guys like Ndidi, but man, I, uh, you know, I've spoke before the large, the, the Jersey being too big for him is a perfect metaphor for me. As far as like the role being too big for him. Like if you, if you can't get a, a kit that fits you properly, maybe you, you, this is just something that we need to look into because he just, it, to your point, Jim, he's not talking out there. Um, he's not in the right positions and, his shot stopping ability has got him where he is thus far. And if you even look back into the Euros when he made a name for himself and everybody was like, who the hell is this Welsh keeper? It's because he was making these insane one, two stops. Um, and he, his shot stopping ability is there. He had another great one, a fingertip uh, to the bar, or this would have been a seven, two game um, earlier in the match. So he has that, but the rest of it is just missing. So is it time now, Chris, in your opinion, do we look, uh, to the to the young Dane, Mr. Iverson. We can. I'm not quite sure what he's going to do. I think as Leicester fans, we're getting caught up in... Danny Ward isn't the reason we're bottom of the league. He's, sure. a, he's a contributor to it. I mean, but at the same time, there's 10 other players on the pitch that are supposed to be there at that given moment. I, I, I think you can... I mean... I don't know, Matt. I really don't. I if it if it's a mental thing for the other players seeing a new keeper in there, having a little bit more, whether it's faith or whether it like to Jim's point, whether there'll be an increase in communication and the ability and that might have a benefit, then yes. But to be honest, that that seems there's just so many other problems at this moment in time that I, I don't think a single fix like just swapping the keeper we're going to solve. Yeah, it's a great point. Um, I, I I can't argue with you. Um, I'm just wondering if that's just maybe one of the plugs in the dam that we could we could find, and if a different face back there, um, or because the flip side of that is we put Iverson in there, the same shit happens, and then we have a young guy with zero confidence, as opposed to Danny Ward, who's at least an older seasoned ish you know player if we stick iverson in there and let him hang six a game on him you know you could really damage the kid's confidence so well, let me ask you oh sorry jim jim go well, ahead i don't think doing danny ward's much confidence much good right now either and i, I think I, I think if anything take him out like iverson kept a clean sheet right you know well against stockport but nil nil and then he had a, a, a blinder on the penalties as well i think you got to try something slightly different just to see if he can sure up the, the defense we can't you know i don't think he can do much worse and it maybe maybe even gives the back four a break too um but i think it starts at the front the defending you know i was watching really closely on what we were doing and we were pressing but sort of pressing with one person at a time and there was always an out pass and if anything it was kind of creating the the space for them because someone would run and chase down and that would pull someone else out of position and then they'd have a pass through and they could, they could kind of start working it through. But, you know, I don't want to be, you know, we did have some positives. I think we, we may, we had, you know, 
more of the ball. We had made a lot more chances that we've had in this game. You know, I guess we also had a goal disallowed, an own goal disallowed for a feeble, like a foul. But I think we had all screamed if that goal had been given as well because Harvey Barnes did that the other week and it was disallowed. So, but, you know, I think fast, I saw him sort of trying to organize the defense and I saw him talking and pointing and, and doing some um, organization. Um, KDH coming back, providing some energy. I think he, he did linger on the ball a little bit longer than he normally does, but like matters was awesome. He's sort of dragging us by our bootstraps now. Daka had a good game. He he got in really involved. He kind of dropping deep, linking up play. Um, he had that I nice header that, uh, had, Larice, nice header. You know, had that, that was, fingertip save. That was a beautiful yeah. header. I mean, there was the chance where Madison was completely wide open and he, you know, yeah. the ball could have come through um, and it didn't get to him. But, you know, that would have put us, I think, 2, two one up. I, I think you're right. Docker to me was the guy, one of the guys that epitomizes how low on confidence we are at this moment in time. With that, there was that moment in the first half where there was the break. There was a chance where he could have. I thought he would have just knocked it and gone, but he in the end he tries to take a shot from 25, 27 yards, and it really just goes straight into the keeper's hands. It, it was like I, I couldn't help but think yeah, at that moment that? in time. It was like, yeah, I think it why was didn't almost he go. Like, yeah, I think it was almost like. Just before we had that move and we didn't shoot because yeah. I think I even remember the hearing commentator say, you know, Graham was so saying, look, they overplayed it because, you know, you think that's what normally happens when you're high on confidence. We did the opposite. No one actually wanted to take the shot. And whether Dakar had had someone in his ear going like, dude, you got to get in. But I think he thought Davidson Sanchez, Davidson Sanchez was going to get him. He could have probably at least taken one more touch, kind of just got inside the area and made it made an angle. But, right. you know, it, we made some promising chances. Lloris had to pull off. Lloris had a really good game. I don't want to kind of uh, demean that. But the thing is, it's just like once we like once we went 3-2 down, and I think the nature of that 3-2 going, you know, going down 3-2, you know, we tried a bit. I think we were still in it. But then, you know, Sun comes on and like crushes us. Well, yeah. yeah it, it, well, like right. like you just said, the way that we did go down with that mistake, it's just a self-inflicted just turn around and punch yourself in the damn face. Like that that's always just never yeah. a, a good look. So I and think then, and then and then like seeing what Huberg outpacing, I can't remember who it was as well. Oh, right after that? Yeah. Yeah, dude. You know, so well, and then, like you said, though, because um, Daka then has that header that gets saved, and it's like, oh, okay, or at least still competing. And then they show the sidelines. Hinmink's song is warming up, and literally the rest is history. Um, let's uh, let's take this opportunity right now to be joined. We're getting joined by a guest today. Uh, Mr. CJ from the Philly Foxes is going to be joining us. CJ, how you doing, brother? Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, happy to be here. Sorry for my uh, setup here. I'm in the car currently uh, waiting for my uh, adult league soccer to start up tonight. So, um, Dude, so bear it. with me here. So no, we love it. Yeah, so doing pretty well. So and we're excited to share some news with everyone and kind of promote the event we got going on. So cool. Yeah. Well, uh, real quick before that, what were your thoughts? Just give me your quick little uh, Philly Foxes summary of what you watched uh, yeah. yesterday. Yeah, so kind of listening, I was listening to you guys for a bit in the lead up here. 
So um, I agree with a lot of your guys' points. I really think uh, the game changed at that 3-2 goal. And again, kind of like Jim said, the manner of it too. Just, you know, and Diddy being slow on the ball, kind of losing possession, they go up and then the game's just in their hands at that point. We're going to press and then they're going to counter. Son comes on and, I mean, no one does it better on the counter there, especially against us. So it was unfortunate. And then once he got one, you know, it was just, a matter of how many at that point but uh, again I thought we showed bright spots especially in the first half looked pretty good had our chances I mean if you look at the possession shots you know stats look like they were there but yeah the I think the scoreline was a little harsh on us overall so for sure and I think too like just the goal the way that he scored those fucking goals like it's one thing if he would have like you know gotten in and they're they're little like where the ball's bouncing around off of everybody's feet and he happens to be the one that taps in or maybe it's a header that the ball falls to his feet and he taps it in no he just scores three world-class step back just how do you want it and uh yeah that that just was an unbelievable thing to see he's a hell of a player so can't take anything away from him um, but yeah, man, thank you so much for joining us from your car and, and thank yeah, you for your insight there. Um, yeah, it's kind of what you spoke about. We, we did want to bring you on just to uh, give people some idea about the event and the party, the family reunion we're going to be showing and having in Philly uh, the night before uh, the NBC sports event, October 15th and 16th, the 14th, the Friday before we're going to be having an event um, there. You can see it on the screen. Chris throwing it up there. It's going to be at Con Murphy's Irish Pub hosted by the Philly Foxes. So why don't you uh, run us through what uh, what all we got planned uh, for the fine people, CJ? Yeah, so, um, you know, we've been going to this bar to watch some of our games. We had switched it up this weekend, though. But, I mean, it's a great space. They've got a private upstairs area that we're going to have. We're just going to have some food, you know, welcoming people from out of town, just kind of all mingle, get to know each other. Um, there's live music that starts at the bar at 8, so, you know, we'll carry on and do a good time. But yeah, just looking to get the weekend kicked off on the right on the right foot, and you know, we'll hang out there that night. Uh, we'll have lots of different food options. You know, we're gonna get definitely get some cheese steaks in there with everyone coming to Philly. Uh, awesome. We'll have like some vegetarian vegan options as well, so everyone you know have a little something. And yeah, you know, we'll just have a good time and just see where the night goes. And then we're up early for the seven thirty start against Palace, so I'm excited for that as well. Yeah, dude, I, I think that's going to be an, and like we've said a few times on the pod, like, I don't think there could be a more needed time for a reunion than right now for everybody <laughs> to just kind of, you know, give a hug and arm around each other and, and uh, kind of reconnect. Chris, what do you think? A group therapy session, Matt. I think, exactly. I think we should change the title of it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's gonna be exciting, um, Jim. Uh, you, I know you're gonna be making the trip up from Texas. How many of these um, Premier League events have you been to? And maybe just kind of run them out, run an, an idea for the for the people that haven't been to them. What what they can expect um, on the fifteenth, especially being the early game. Absolutely, I, I haven't been to all of them, but I've been to been to New York, been to I, you know I think the Philly one. We all thought it was gonna happen, and it got canceled due to the. Um, the pandemic, Austin, um, been to Miami, uh, where else? I'm trying to think. Yeah, Washington, D.C., I think we had sort of, that was the first one too. So um, it was, you know, it's a great time. So I missed Boston and missed L.A., I think, with a, with a couple I've missed. But but really, it's a it's a great event, good outdoor space. You get um, you get some 
some light beer. You might, you know, I think they stopped giving out the free drinks vouchers after, after maybe there was a bit of abuse on, <laughs> on how many people having a few drinks on the okay. first one. Too. Okay. Well, I can speak right now. There's differences because <laughs> LA there sure as hell were no free beers and there were IPAs <laughs> yeah. that you could buy. It wasn't all light beers. You could get IPAs. Yeah. Well, it, I think it was a cash bar, uh, um, you know, some food, but like lots of different little events and stuff too. But, um, you know, you're there to the, to, you know, watch the game and, and meet up and hang out. You know, you do, you know, we were lucky enough to get, you know, I've got a picture up there with Rebecca kind of taking a selfie with our phone and my wife and I in it. You get, we got to chat to Robbie Musto and, and, and Robbie Earl as well a bit too. Um, you know, got to say hi to Tim Howard. He was, he was a bit less excited. And then even in DC, we were playing Newcastle and remember this fondly, but Alan Shearer actually watched the game with us as the Leicester fans. And um, our good friend Lawrence asked him about um, his infamous incident with Neil Lennon and kicking him, kicking him in the head. So um, hopefully Lawrence will be joining us too in Philly. But it's a great time, you know, outdoor space. It'll be an early start, um, and then we may get, you know, you, you got to be, you got to be there early. Like so, recommend getting there, you know, an hour and a, hour or two early, maybe just to make sure you get in. Definitely. And then we might be ushered out depending on the space, you know, with the other games coming on, but. You know, once we're all together, we'll just have a great time. And that's the main thing. Yeah, that's a great point. And I was going to say the same thing about L.A. Like we all got into line early together. But since we were all together in line, it was just like a party happening while we all shuffled through the line together. So that'll be a great part about Friday is everybody getting to be on the same page. And we can kind of lay our game plans for when the Lester mob is going to uh, show up. There's also really some cool things that they'll have. Um, they had a free coffee uh uh, van in LA they're they're giving out free coffee and cappuccinos and donuts you could get all the free stuff you wanted and then they had like some breakfast burritos things for like five bucks so the food's pretty reasonably priced but the beer is pretty expensive uh not gonna lie but then there's different events like panini were there and they were you could do a, a card you can have a card made of yourself with like a Lester background on it and then they had a Jamie Vardy cardboard cutout and um you know lots of photo opportunities and and things like that Chris you you um you remember uh, yeah, I missed it, Matt. But I remember the photo of you and your you and Ali right. with the Premier League trophy. Yep, yep. The, oh, yeah, that, that, that was that pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, you definitely get your photo with the trophy. You can't touch it. They definitely have a security guard that will not do let not, you touch it. I know. So from first hand, do not try and touch it. <laughs> they get very pissed <laughs> off about that. So, uh, CJ, we're getting really stuck. Is this going to be your first event? Uh, your first NBC event? Yeah, actually, it will be. I want to say the New York event. I had some conflict that I wasn't able to go. So once I heard it was coming to Philly, of course, I was excited and glad that we got started up this year so that we could, you know, grow our community even more with new people coming in. So, well, absolutely, yeah. man. I'm looking and forward to having I'm... a good crew. Um, unfortunately, in New York, that's when we also played Tottenham and uh... some scored again there too. But um, of course. We, we own the halftime where and i think some of the new york foxes will be there but our good friend jordan who's jason's brother was leading the jamie vardy is having a party which we kept up for the entire 15 minutes while they were filming the halftime break so um we even got we even got a shout out because we were so noisy so that's that's normally our claim to fame that we may be you know we may not have the biggest group but we'll be the loudest group yeah, right now I think we're looking around 20-ish or so. People have already RSVP'd for the party, guys. So that's 
great. Like we're already going to have a great time. So the more of you that, that can get there on that Friday, like we said, make up some excuse, get the hell out of work. Who wants to freaking work, dude? Just come drink with us. If you're in any of those surrounding states, if it's a two hour drive, three hour drive, put on some old podcast episodes, a little self gloss here, put on some of the old podcast episodes, listen to them on the way, find some murder podcasts. I don't know what the hell you let, what, what you do for fun, but do it and drive to Philly and meet us and let's all have a damn good time. CJ, we're so thankful, man, that to have the Philly Foxes um, hosting this. We can't thank you enough for the hard work you put in so far. And uh, maybe we'll have you on again uh, later on as we get a little bit closer to the date and maybe have some more details we can share about uh, door prizes or anything like that. What do you say? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm happy to hop on any time. You guys have been, you know, really great. You know, all you guys helping promote the Philly Foxes, get our name out there. And I think, you know, it's really showed we've got, had a couple guys in from out of town this weekend um, from New York who heard about it through, you know, the Twitter machine with everyone retweeting. So, um, yeah, we appreciate you guys a lot. Can't wait to meet you in person. But, you know, thanks for having me on. Sorry, I can't stay longer, but, you know, got to go totally see if I can dust off the rust and uh, <laughs> totally get it. Brother. <laughs> totally get it, man. Go get some top bins. Thank you so much for joining us, brother. You're the best. Perfect. Thanks again for having me, guys. Talk to you soon. All right. Take care. Awesome, dude. Awesome. The community grows with more awesome people like the Philly Foxes. I'm telling you guys, if you can make it, I'm like, I'm not even trying to hype this up. It's going to be a hell of a time. We 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 are the best group of fans in the Premier League. I don't even say that in a gloating kind of way. We just are. You will love everyone in the group. We will embrace you. We will have a great time together. Uh, Jim, it's getting it's we're I mean, it's within a month now. It is very close. I'm getting excited and already got it circled on my calendar. So I um, can't wait to, to hang out with you guys again and, and you know see some familiar faces and, and meet some new ones as well. Yeah, it's going to be great. Had 500 of these bad boys printed up. So we're going to be throwing stickers out, maybe some more merch too. Maybe we'll have some t-shirts and stuff by then. I don't know. We got some, we got some things planned, but um, it's, uh, it's awesome to be in uh, good hands, Chris, right? Like I've, have some hosts ready to go. We got the private space. Do you know how many fan groups probably tried to, and called to get that space that the Philly boxes that had already snapped it up for us? No, it's great, Matt. It's great. And it's great that, his, as CJ pointed out, like they're getting fans in now from other areas of the US. They're starting to have a little bit of knowing that guys can come in, whether you're coming from Leicester or wherever you're coming to, and there's another place, another available spot to share the game with fellow-minded Foxes fans. So that's, that's awesome. No, I'm so excited for this. I cannot wait. I mean, it was funny. CJ was saying how it's going to be an early start. And I know me and you started laughing. This is like normal time for us too. So we're excited. It's like, um, I, know. I know you two are looking forward to the lion. 730. Exactly. What's that? Absolutely, dude. I mean, sleeping in is, is, is a, is a rare thing for us. I think, and then I you look need to hire um, CJ for, to be the, the city set piece coach because his organizational skills have been off the charts. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely yeah the the late start yesterday screwed me up too man 9 30 that's unheard of for us out here to get one that late so i was able to convince a few more newbies for their first leicester match and paid for all their beers so i had quite the bar tab and, and then to have to tip a, a tottenham bartender on top of that uh was an extra kick in the ass but he, yeah they he should have been tipping you yesterday matt no shit no shit especially <laughs> after that 
Um, Chris, any other things we want to touch? I know we had to squeeze CJ in there. Anything else we want to touch on the uh, performance yesterday? No, I think I think it is what it was. I think just for everyone to be aware, next week is the international break. So we now do have two weeks before, and I know we'll touch on this in the future podcast before probably the biggest game for quite a while, Forest at Home, is coming October 3rd. But uh, yeah, I think sum it up, to, I think Jim and yourself would, uh, kind of did it nicely. I think, yeah, just forget about it, move on. And hope that in the training ground over these next two weeks with the new set piece coach there with a new, just start getting a bit of repetition, try and find a way, find any way for us to scrap and get three points. I think we just need a win. No matter what, we just need a win. If we can get it, then it's a different ball game. But yeah. It's going to be a long two weeks waiting for that Forest game now, Matt. I'm glad you brought up the new set-piece coach because did you know that he's also the U.S. national team set-piece coach? Yeah, they brought it up on the brought it up on the broadcast. I didn't realize. Um, Me either. I had no clue. I, I had read it maybe a week, or a week or so ago before the broadcast, but I literally had zero clue. So nice little U.S. boxes connection there. Hopefully he can... Uh, he could get it figured out, and and I'm sure he has some sort of uh, background with Chituro then because of uh, being a national team keeper and and playing with him. So maybe those two have had a nice connection, and uh, he can show him around the town a little bit. And like you said, hopefully get our set pieces fixed up. Uh, what about you, Jimmy? Anything you want to touch on before uh, we hit look ahead? Um, will we have a new manager when we play Forest? I guess is the biggest question. Um. That 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 is, I think we keep waking up every every morning after the last. Certainly, I have for the last couple of weeks, super early to see if there's been an announcement and some sort of press conference. I don't think we've ever sacked anyone the night of a game. Maybe I think it's always been the next day. Um, please correct me if I'm wrong, and I probably am. But um, I don't know. I don't. I think there's this still. We've talked about it a lot. This game of chicken about. You know, can we afford to to get rid of Rogers? And what if if but can we? I I think you know, can we afford to keep him? You know, if it's ten million pounds to to get rid of him, which is the rumor, it's going to cost us a lot more than that if we go down. And I I just think, yeah, we we had some we had some glimpses of attacking, you know, attacking flair. You know, we made chances, we moved, but I think. On the whole, we didn't, you know, I was looking at the XG for the game. You know, what is it? Spurs had an XG of something like 2.25 and they scored six goals. And we had an XG of 1.68. We just gave, we just had given the opposition too much space. I don't think, I don't see the organization that that Rodgers is bringing. I think we did see the players try for him and then until they were crippled and kind of mentally broken with, with the mistakes um once again i think we all were crying for substitutions to happen earlier for him to to react a bit more and respond i you know i can kind of see three two down we're kind of in the game like okay we it, and it's an individual error do you really want to change the team up but like i don't think we're seeing that what what we should be getting from a top coach and i, I just don't know if we just need the new manager bounce now and you know, I think he's lost what five in a row. So that's what cost Ranieri his job. That's what cost Claude Puel his job. 
you look at the run across the last what the last half of last season as well and he's i think he's actually maybe got an overall worse record than puel and and ranieri now and while they were coming down so i don't know i think we need something else but who who's going to come in I, you know that's the, that's the question for me and but we have a new head of recruitment too coming and you know we're not going to do as much if we've got no money and we have to wait till january but um let's let's see i think i think we you know we may have a new coach before the forest game is my thought it's interesting i think i think it's a great point jim i think if you're going to see anything it'll probably be tuesday at the earliest will 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 be news i think you're right in the sense that at some point the club's going to have to weigh the decision of getting slapped on the wrist maybe by ffp or losing the millions of the premier that the premier league has to offer we can i'm sure we can afford to bin him but it's whether or not that would cause us to go and we already what are on uefa's watch list for financial fair play whether this sort of expense would take it into a fine next season but if it is we have to deal with that next year we've got to in the moment if the decision for top and susan is to make a change then we just have to do it now um i you say you say that you know you're sure we can afford it dude like what else would he have to do besides you know go up and slap top in the face to get fucking fired at this point man It why would if they like, could afford it? Why why has it not been done already? That's I guess what I'm saying. Like, how is this? You know, uh, you get smashed in the face yesterday. How has he not gone this morning? It makes no sense to me. Unless there are financial things that we're not, you know, getting here. I'll let Chris I, have on. <laughs> I don't know. I just, I just, it just feels strange to me that it would be a liquidity issue to get if to Jim's point for ten million. Like we could find, I'm sure we could find some sort of financial creativity via our Australian friends or somewhere else to get that money to make that decision. Like, I, I, I think I don't know. I'm, I'm still the club. Obviously, has budgets, and maybe that's one of the reasons why. But it's a great point, Matt. I think to your point, you summed it up perfectly. Like Rogers is now doing anything. It's there. I think in our chat we were someone mentioned he's Rogers is currently quiet quitting, which is a perfect way to describe what's going on at this moment in time. It's like, he's doing everything to say fire me. Uh, but yeah, it's, um, I think, I think this weekend, obviously with the, with what's going on in the UK and the funeral of the, of the queen coming up on Monday could have, I'm um, just maybe had some implications to it. Why it's not happening yet, but to, well, he has met the, queen, the queen twice. As he as he <laughs> mentioned on on Thursday, but if you if you're gonna do it, you should do it now with the break. Give the new manager, whoever it would be, the longest amount of time to get at least settled and at least instill a little bit of whatever his his philosophy is on the team prior to the Forest game on that Monday night. Yeah, that's my whole thing. Like the the run of games starting with Forest are completely fucking gettable for us if we get somebody in there. A new manager bounce and it's like six very doable games in a row. And even if you win four of those, you know, we we suddenly are looking way better. So I just pray that we get this figured out and the sooner the better because mm -hmm. get the new manager in there meeting the boys, talking to the boys. Hey guys, get your heads up. You know, whatever it needs to take, man. But also to your point, who's it going to be? Because 
they're not walking into. So right away, you know, this talk of Pochettino and shit, I like, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are smoking, but the dude, the reason it didn't work for him at Tottenham is because he was fighting with the board over transfers. So I don't think like, these these managers that people are throwing out i saw people talking about Mourinho. like for god's sakes guys like i don't we're think going he's to gonna, have... yeah he's not gonna well they lost today but they were pretty much flying high in syria um, not sean dyke i'm sorry that's I what i mean that's the problem isn't it that's the are name these the guys that, that are inspired at the moment Sean Dyche. Yeah. Or... You know, I, I know i know a lot of the chat's been like hey the union berlin coach he's not had anything to work you know no budget to work with he's not got a big contract um he plays really good football he organizes his team you know they're what flying high in the bundesliga as well um you know like it'd be good to see some sort of creativity i know that would be a fan's pick um to have someone but i i think we just like i even look at the interview that frank lampard gave today you know spurs i'm sorry everton eking a win and he just sort of said, you know, we got back to basics. We defended. We we got in there. You know, it was kind of a blood and thunder type of game where they just kind of ground it out against West Ham, who were not doing very well. And it was kind of a war of attrition. And I don't think we see Rogers kind of just saying, look, you know what? I'm going to make sure the team has no mistakes. We we're organized. We're compact. We're hard to beat. We're you know we're disciplined. And when we you know he the way he 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 kind of got us into a playing style. And I, I think the thing is, we've seen this now in, in too many bursts of we do well and when we're flying, we're clearly a confidence team and we're unstoppable. And then something happens, the wheels fall off and the season goes to, to shit. And it's happened too many times now. You know, I feel like I've seen this movie too many times. And I just don't feel like he's the sort of leader who can get us out of that. I look at, you know, look at if he was in the, if he was a, you know, a, a boss of a company or a manager, you wouldn't be, you'd be saying, sorry, our results are so poor. I don't feel like I can turn it around. And I think that's where he is. Like, look at the press conferences, you know, he's more excited about asking questions about, you know, how many times he's met the queen and, the fact that it's a great big occasion and you know i felt like watching the press conference on thursday that was you know a waste of airtime the first person who asked his questions asked him the questions about meeting the queen and then what do you think about her her dying okay yes it's you know she's she's died and it's a big thing for the country but even when we start getting talking about the game he's not i don't i'm not feeling confident and not feeling like he's done something to turn it around saying you know what we we spent all this time figuring out how to like stop corners going in we spent all this time getting compact and making sure that we don't give the ball away and having stupid mistakes and we know how to defend as a team from front to back i didn't see any of those things on saturday you know we we had some good attacking play but we had a you know we got pummeled like we had we let in goals that maybe we shouldn't. We gave away stupid mistakes. And this is just happening over and over again. Yeah, I, it's, a, it's a great point, Jim. Um, I wonder as well, to your point, to take it a bit further, the accountability aspect. He has no one that holds him accountable, it seems, at a higher level. Like, I think of what Rudkin is director of football at the club. 
it yep. seems like he uh, he has no it i don't know from a just from a public facing standpoint it seems he has little influence on rogers and i think of some of the more successful hierarchies the director of football is is seen as a strength he's seen as the tactician the overseer and when you don't have that and we let rogers do to like your point do rogers ball it ain't going to work when you bottom of the league we need and so if change is going to happen, then it would. I would be interested to see whether it's just at the manager level or whether there's also a look a little bit deeper as well at whether mm-hmm. or not we need to have another person in at a higher position to think about how we move as forward as a club. <laughs> just the monotoneness of his interviews too. Just the one to put you to sleep. Well, you know, I keep trying my best and I'll come in every day and... He's pure martyr now, too. Like, have you caught that? The whole, I just yeah. come in, you know, I do the work. I can only do what I do. And I'm just, I'm so sick of it, guys. I'm just like, let's fucking go. Thomas Frank, that's another name. Is that Does that interest either of you? I think, it. well, what he did, at, what he's doing <laughs> at Brentford is fantastic. But that took time. That wasn't an immediate fix to get Brentford. It was two years in the championship before he got him into the Premier League, I think it was. It, I mean, yes, he's an established Premier League manager now. He knows what it's like to take to take to do things, but it'll be a risk. I think it would. Um, I think to know to your every every name is going to be a risk. I don't think at this moment in time there's that obvious manager that stands out to say. Uh, he, I think, and didn't Thomas Frank say he's not interested as well? <laughs> wow, this is great. Thanks. Thanks, uh, this little salt wound. Which I just is... got to eliminate him. Ah, uh, fuck off. I don't need, I don't need Seagrave. You know, was, I'm, I'm happy here in, in Brentford. Cool. Cool, Thomas. Uh, on that note, guys, um, like we said, it's a two-week international break. If we do get some news on the manager front, uh, I think we'll have a show uh, to discuss uh, that. Um, otherwise, probably take next week off and uh, look at a show um, right before uh, that Sunday, right before the 3rd. So the 2nd of October, we do a show right before the 4th match on the 3rd. Um, unless, like I said, we get some news in case we'll be back next Sunday for another show. Um, guys, any final words before we send the people off to a fine Sunday evening? And I'm assuming House of Dragon for people and uh, Sunday Night Football. Um. Yeah, hopefully we didn't depress you too much out there in listener land. Um, well, we, what else could we do that the team's not already doing to him, Jim? We're just coming on here to fucking have a an AA meeting. Yeah, this this, this is our cathartic um, Sunday Sunday evening um, session, and we appreciate anyone who. Well, I do appreciate anyone who hangs <laughs> in with us for the for the ride. Absolutely, Chris. Yeah, thank you to everyone that that that's here listening to us. Uh, I promise it gets better. I promise it gets better. Go listen yeah. to season two, season three when we're riding high. It gets better when. We're... No, dude, I had two first timers yesterday. Their first ever Leicester match. Their first ever soccer match. Their first ever coming to a bar uh, in the morning at nine thirty. You know, and and seeing it just. To, to, to have that performance so i was doing a lot of scrambling and uh <laughs> trying to explain and apologizing so uh on that note guys um to win though are we what's that we're not leicester fans because we just like winning every week otherwise we At- could have picked exactly right, guys whatever 
all that's happened is we've uh, bought our season pass for the uh, amusement park again. For a while there, we we were like members at like a posh country club, and now we're back to the shithole roller coasters and uh, dirty carnival workers, and that's where we are now. So on that note, guys, please sign up uh, for the RSVP for the party on the 14th. We want to see you. We want to meet you. We want to laugh with you, and we want your help to outsing and make all the other plastic crappy fans look like crap in Philly. It's going to be a great time. If you look at the screen right there, we got all the information. Um, if that QR code doesn't work, it does work. But if your phone won't scan it, we've been having issues with that. Just go ahead and jump on any of our uh, Instagram or our um, YouTube. We've got the links all over there, guys. So you can click an RSVP. It's 20 bucks. That goes to cover the food. And anything that is left over uh, from paying for the free buffet will be going to Vichai's foundation. So we'd like to uh, send a nice little sum of money over there to the foundation to help them out too. So like I said, guys, please sign up if you can. If you can make it, it's going to be worth it. On that note, guys, thank you for joining us once again. Hopefully things are going to get better. Um, let's just keep our heads up and, and keep toiling along. Um, the boys, they put in some fights, so we know that they at least still care, and that's that's going to be half the battle. So for Chris, Jim, uh, Jason will be with us next week. Uh, safe travels, our friend. He's over in Europe. Um, we will see you next week on the U.S. Foxes podcast. Cheers, guys.